this is hang time podcast the long overdue episode one um i got quite ill i think that's a fair excuse (laughs) (laughs) so eighth time recording the first episode it really is spanning Um, nine months yeah we tried to make it uh, a a final work of art each time but (laughs) it's now going to just be a sort of a free-for-all loose form conversation about basketball from three british fans who finally found an outlet um to talk about something we all independently became very obsessed with uh this is just a general intro episode about um the upcoming season what we're excited about and following on from this there's going to be a more rigid format about uh experiencing basketball and becoming a basketball fan from a British perspective, um, which we think is really interesting and, and offers, offers a perspective that you don't get if you're American, basically. Um, so I'm Jack Burke. Don't know why I said it like that. Um, I'm <laughs> acting as host and joining me is, is Jake Coleman. Hello. And uh, another Jack B, Jack Bradshaw, who from here on out will be referred to as, as JB. Um, hello to both of you. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, good to be back. You're welcome. So let's start off very quickly with uh, uh, season predictions. JB works uh, in finance, he's very smart, and he sent us all a (laughs) spreadsheet uh, before the season started, asking us to fill out some of our uh, season predictions. Jake made Um, a very questioning face then when Jack said I was smart, which I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) To be seen, isn't it? To be seen. (laughs) (laughs) See how accurate these predictions are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we're going to just quickly run through those. Obviously, we're recording this after the season started. There's been a week worth of games already. Um, and already I've made some shocking errors, I think. But um, <laughs> let's start with let's start with JB, since he was the one that initiated it. Um, hmm. What were you thinking was going to happen before the season started? So I didn't have anything too controversial in terms of the standings. I kind of had Jazz, Suns, Lakers at the top of the West. Um, I had the, the Mavs fourth, which I now think might be a bit of an error because Jason Kidd's going to Jason Kidd as usual, um, <laughs> the new head coach, and they're something like 26th in offense already. Um, I had the Warriors at six, which now looks a little bit pessimistic because they've been really, really good, as Jake annoyingly uh, will gloat about later on because he's a Warriors fan. Even though he has no connection to San Francisco or the Bay Area <laughs> whatsoever. I think all of our connections to America are fairly limited. <laughs> but we make do. Yeah, the, Lebr- the LeBron jersey in my room. Uh, I don't think it's justified being there. But we'll you're, go with you're, it. Not, you're not from Ohio. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and then the East. Yeah, no real shocks. I had the Bucks and Nets at top. I had the Hawks at three. Uh, I think we're all quite high on the Hawks this year. Hmm. Um, I had the Bulls in seven, which I still don't mind. But obviously, they've started brilliantly. Um, and a couple of things I'm happy with. I had the Cavs. Um, well, with three teams below them, because I think they are actually going to be quite good this year and they started well. But I had the Hornets, I think, too low because I had them missing the play-in. Um, but they've started really well. But it is only been two weeks, so they can't overreact too much. Yeah, I think with the, the Hawks, I mean, I could see them getting... I think they could definitely get the two seed. It depends on what happens with the Nets. I mean, if Harden continues to struggle, they've got... I think the Hawks have debatably got... I mean, you could say they've got the deepest team in the league. It's, it's up there in terms of like down. They definitely, definitely have the, the deepest team. Yeah, yeah, and they're going to struggle to pay all their players. Mm. But yeah, no, I love, I love their team. Uh, obviously, uh, Jack's a big Hawks fan uh, yeah. since since he was seven. He's loved the Atlanta Hawks since um, about for about ten months. I've really <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you were ten, ten months old when you got into the Hawks. That's <laughs> Yeah, Trey Young. I mean, for anyone who's new to basketball or just wants to see a highlight reel, watch Trey Young. He's he's what barely six foot, 
pulls yeah. up from 40 feet out, scrappy. Yeah. Went into Madison Square Garden last year during the playoffs and just uh, really enjoyed the antagonist role. He's yeah, getting booed yeah. by the crowd. I think I think one of the fans spat at him. <laughs> he, he just loved it. Is it, it Spike Lee? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I mean, it's got a really fun team. They're young, they're bouncy. Um, yeah, no. Really, owned, really by, owned by the uh, the woman who started Spanx underwear. Don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I don't know what Spanx underwear is. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like a, a figure squishing, like tightening underwear that women wear to like make their stomachs look flat. Right. There and is male, you know male, male Spanx is available. Male Spanx is available. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Sponsor how do you know about this, Jack? Because I, <laughs> I, I was looking at some of the ownerships and Jesse Eitzler, who's an American entrepreneur, owns the Hawks and he's married to this woman, Sarah Blakely, who owns... Okay. Um, Owns the Hawks. Okay. Um, if you want to know the- Jack's like the way that Jack engages with the NBA, <laughs> this is probably the perfect example. <laughs> it's through weird celebrity culture or like odd facts like that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I was looking up are the are the this is a complete tangent, but are the Pelicans going to move? And I was seeing who they were owned by, and that's how I ended up. Right. Um, I pay every time Wikipedia asks for donations each year. I always donate because I spend so much. Time. I spend so much time. <laughs> My mom does that as well. Every yeah. time I go home, she. Yeah. I spend it. so much time on it. I think it's only it's only right. Yeah. Do we? I don't know. It always feels like a scam when it pops up at the top of the website. I yeah. just can't. I don't know. I can't and believe it's, it's going it into the up, right. It takes so much up of the page as well, which is quite yeah. annoying. You almost have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so just just to give you a quick flavour of our WhatsApp group that, that kicks around the three of us, Jake and I will kind of be deep diving into uh, <laughs> Jordan Paul's rhythm uh, and like LeBron's free throw rate, and yeah. then Jack will just pipe in with a lol and put a picture of Rich Paul and Adele, who are um, <laughs> very interestingly in a relationship now, which yeah. is which is it's superb. Absolutely baffling. I have a question yeah. about them, Fibo. Yeah, oh, a little bit later on. We'll um, again, for though, we're assuming that most of the people that are listening to this first episode are going to be our friends. Um, <laughs> uh, Rich Paul is a super agent. He's LeBron's agent. And out of nowhere, he's uh, he's announced that he's in a relationship with Adele. Yeah. Um, she claims to like him because he's not phased by her stardom. So there you go. Yeah. Mm. Well, he's, okay. one of, he's friends with one of the most famous people in the world. So it does make sense. It does but, make yeah. sense. And who exactly. am I to judge? No. Um, um, people find so Jake, love in... We things. also we also put down. I mean, I think all of our our conference predictions were pretty similar. There was no massive mm-hmm. outliers. Um, all NBA again, they were pretty similar. Um, mm. uh, did we all agree on MVP? I had Giannis. Mm. I had Giannis as well. We, we all had Giannis. Yeah. Um, I, I think having got over the hump last year, I think people were, couldn't vote for him last year, but now he's kind of everyone's. Everyone's gold boy again. And I think if the Bucks are the one seed, like it'll be him. Um I think I think Steph is the other major candidate because I just don't think the Mavs or the Nuggets are going to be high enough for Luca or um Jokic to get it. If if Harden continues struggling, then it's good for KD's case. Yeah, no, he's is. been unbelievable to start the season. Yeah. Um, but other but I still think he's gonna suffer from the like anti-nets bias in general. People don't want him to do well because they've stacked the deck. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know, I just I can see the Nets taking effort off the gas at some point, whereas I just yeah. think the Bucks could quite easily steamroll through the season. Um, I guess Embiid still has a shout. I think Jokic as well. If if the Nuggets are third in the West or something. Yeah, which... if they get if they get third, definitely. I mean that's what they were last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but I don't think they've got I don't think they'll get third. I think they're definitely four teams better and fifth seeds don't usually get MVPs. Yeah. So yeah, I think if... I think Steph and, and Giannis are the are the two. Mm. If yeah, the Nets win this year. Does KD get the haters off his back? 
Jake, to you first as a, as a Golden State Warriors fan? Ne- never, never. The haters <laughs> never leave. And that's, uh, that's, that's, why they're, that's why they're called the haters, you know. They're not called the redeemables. Um, uh, I, as in, the KD came to the Warriors, gave you your titles and then went away so you could watch Steph take 30 shots again. That's all Warriors fans want. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did, a, lot for, <laughs> he did a lot for the Warriors. Warriors fans don't dislike KD. That's, that's all a bit of a myth, I think. Um, it's LeBron although, fans like me. <laughs> yeah, LeBron fans. Uh, to be honest, I do. I think that he did change the the Warriors as a viewing experience because they became a bit too good. And I I don't love KD's game just aesthetically. I know a lot of people would disagree with it, but really, um, yeah, I think it's just. It, we've I think we discussed this before. It's just unfair. He's just unfair. too tall. Like yeah. you know, <laughs> Steph has an element of difficulty. Like LeBron is going through people. Yeah. You know, I get there's an there's an element of jeopardy with KD. It's like you know, if he misses, he misses. But it wasn't your fault. Yeah, he's literally <laughs> shooting over everyone. Yeah. He did nothing, you know. He's yeah. he's seven foot and he can dribble, you know, like any guard. So yeah, yeah, that was the thing when you have like right. Drew Holiday guarding him for most of that Buck series, yeah. and like he's sacrificing what seven inches. Like it's just too much. You've got to get it on the way up, otherwise a contest means nothing. Mm. Yeah. So um, yeah. In answer to your question, Jack, I think certainly if Kyrie's out all year, I think KD definitely gets respect for this one that he wouldn't have done before i also think the bucks are kind of also an elite team so they are going to have to go through another elite team to get there i feel like obviously the, the warriors finals they just weren't a contest against the Cavs teams because the warriors were just too good um as if, and harden i mean look he always starts the season a little bit out of shape doesn't he but with, with these new these rules coming in so anyone doesn't mm. know they've kind of they've tightened up on basically the offensive player just trying to draw a foul without really warranting it um and harden is just kind of the master of that and it was like just games gamesmanship of, for the football it, fans a hundred percent and you know the of, of like it. diving and stuff isn't drawing it? contact um so so harden's are kind of at, at, at career lows for drives and and free throw rate so far of course like that could all change do you think um, he's being unfairly penalized because of who he is I, in. I, I, I think if you look at ev- everyone's um like, like all the big uh, foul draws are all their numbers are all down not quite to the same extent but like trays are down I think Embiid's are still up but like Butler's are down Dame's are down um, like like Steph and Russ kind of drew like I think you know I think it was something like two of the like dodgy ones a game or something on average and they're, they're both down this year so I think and, and it is a very like tiresome irksome like thing to watch like it really does for me definitely it really spoils quality of the game you're watching so do so you want to watch a game with flow it's the same with football if it's 100%. a lot of fouls breaking up the game and you know you, you want to see like back and forth and stuff yeah. but i think the interesting thing with harden that i saw the other day is that he's a big guard and that he relies on you know his ability to kind of like he's, he's got quick twitch basically and mm. big guards don't age well as i think someone was referencing like darren williams darren williams and baron davis who mm. i mean obviously i don't think any of us were into the nba uh, no, but I, I I did look him up recently because someone mentioned yeah. that he was like all NBA level all star, and then yeah, yeah. the next season he wasn't. Yeah, he fell off a cliff, and so yeah. there is a chance. I think Harden is way too skilled. I think he's still yeah. got to step back, and he's, he's still crafty as well. Well, when shooting is not good over his career, his shooting percentages are poor. Like he shoots like I can't remember what it's like forty something percent from from the field and less from three. Like but that's, that, that, that's, that's the split. That's because he takes a lot of threes though, isn't it? Like he takes difficult threes, which drags his percentage down. Um, 36.3 career percentage. 
His rim finishing is still good. I think with Harden, like, I think with Harden, like once the threat of the drive goes because he's not as good mm-hmm. as it, that that is going to limit yeah. it some. Um, like, That's and, why his step back was so effective before. Yeah. It's because they have a guarding for the drive as well. It, it, exactly. So then it's so available. Um, I, th- I think obviously last year he kind of excelled in that kind of point guard role, reducing his scoring and just kind of distributing because he's a great passer. But obviously has you have Kyrie there to, to carry the scoring burden as well. But now that he's gone, if Harden isn't looking to attack regularly, it's just kind of KD on that team because everyone else is, no, no one's going to go and get their own. Like they, they, they need like Harden to facilitate for them. So for those that are unfamiliar with the situation, the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> assembled a super team last year of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, who both signed there as free agents, then they traded for James Harden. Uh, Kyrie Irving is refusing to get vaccinated and under New York City law, he's not allowed to, he's not allowed to train, is he, either, or play. No. And the, net, the Nets have basically... No, iced- they actually said, they said he could train, but then the Nets said, you're not going to. Yeah. So the Nets have iced him and said, you know, if you don't get vaccinated, you're not playing for us. So they've effectively lost their third their third wheel yeah. to this it's super the equivalent, team. It's equivalent of like Kevin De Bruyne or maybe like Jack Grealish saying like, don't want to, I don't want to get vaccinated. I'm not going to, I'm just going to choose not to play football. But it's more than that because, because there's, there's fewer players and yeah. like the, the, yeah. different, the, di- the sure. difference yeah. one player can make on yeah. a team of five is a lot greater. Yeah. It's, um, it's, also, it's also empty salary because if you have a salary cap of, you know, however much it is, 130 million and they're paying a huge chunk of that to Kyrie Irving because he's on, he's on a max contract. That's just dead money that can't go on anywhere else. Is he getting paid? Because I don't, I don't know what the rule is. I, I, I think I think he loses half. Mm. I feel like I had half in my head. I'm not exactly sure why. But What uh, do you think happens with it, JB? What do you think the situation, how do you think it resolves itself? Or does it I, I think if the Nets play well all year, there's no real like urge for him to come back. But I think the most likely scenario is the Nets go through a run where they really struggle and they feel like they need Kyrie and KD and Harden or whatever, sit him down and be like, look, mate, we need you. We, you know, we get the message you're trying to make. So he, he, he's kind of said publicly, it's a bit, it's a bit silly, but he's not anti-vax, he's against mandates. Mm. Um, which, I mean, we, we don't need to turn this into a political so ideology discussion. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, if I had to predict, I think Katie eventually convinces him to get it, maybe just before Christmas or something. Which then, then again, I think elevates the Nets back to just then KD surely gets MVP for that. I mean, if he yeah. gets Kyrie to get vaccinated, I think that's MVP for me. That's yeah, loves, yeah. Jake loves a narrative, and so do the process. <laughs> oh, yeah, <that's> <laughs> Imagine the speech narrative. being like, and Kevin Durant wins this year for not for his possible <laughs> performance, but getting Kyrie to take a vaccine. The most, <laughs> the most important assist of the season, definitely. Yeah. The other player currently on ice is, of course, Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm. His dream is to be popping up in the gossip columns that I read on the Daily Mail, for example. <laughs> um, and one, you could argue that that's, that's more of a focus for him right now than basketball. He's, he's claimed he wants to trade only to one of the three California teams, even though there are four. Uh, he wants a trade to one of the coastal teams. Um Choked in the playoffs, the, the fans have turned on him. He's basically forfeiting his salary. Um, mm. A question that we, we we wanted to ask for this podcast. But but has since come back. Has since come back. Has because... since come back rather reluctantly because his the, the players' association uh, dictated that he was actually going to lose all of his money. So he's basically showing up to get paid. He, and his agent but, is Rich Paul, who is of of Adele fame, aforementioned, aforementioned of Adele. He showed up. To cash his paycheck, but but put in so little effort and behaved so petulantly that he was thrown out of <laughs> training. 
um, <laughs> by the coach. Um, my question to both of you is, 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 is who, who plays more games, Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving this season? Well, uh, I, I just want to firstly say that I think we need to publicise the fact that we, we all wonder whether Adele and Rich Paul's pillow talk is often about Ben Simmons. And I think we like to imagine that it is. So we like to imagine it's all about negotiations and power plays and stuff with the, yeah. uh, the 76ers. Yeah, I'd love to know what they talked about more, Adele's new album or... <laughs> well, this was, this was my question that I was going to save yeah. later, but now seems a good time to ask, is is what song will Adele write about Rich Paul? Oh my God. Or about the NBA? Is there going to be a song on the new album? Is there going to be any reference to the National Basketball Association? Surely not. Isn't it already out? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I think it's already, already out. Mastered and everything. If, I, if, do, I do have one friend a, who likes basketball and loves Adele. So if there's an acrimonious breakup, is Rich Paul getting a diss track like <laughs> <laughs> one of her famous breakups? <laughs> I hope. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. I think she she only writes about stuff she's sad about. So I think yeah. she could write about like from Ben Simmons' perspective, a sort of like <laughs> a sad ode to being like an outsider in the 76ers, like being bullied by Embiid. I think mm-hmm. that's. I think that could be a hitch. If anyone could make it a hitch, she can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What do you think happens with him? Because he's basically he's basically tanked his leverage. He was, you know, one of the first or second best defensive player in the NBA last season. Um, he can't shoot, but he's he is a, a great passer and a massively mm. powerful athlete. Um, but he's tanked his leverage now. I mean, I mean, his value couldn't be lower. That's that's kind of the problem because after it, the, the Philly went out in the playoffs last year, and Ben just kind of just kind of shrunk in the moment really like didn't seem like he was he was capable of doing it which is a shame because in the regular season he's been all nba already he's been an all-star the last three years and he's and he's 25 um and and, and with room to grow i think it, it's not like you're buying a finite like the absolute apex of his performance um i think daryl morey the sixes gm obviously still values him highly and wants you know whoever he gets in a trade to add to the quality of their team but I think other teams know that he has no leverage and can just don't need to offer him any good. And eventually, look, he has four years on his, his deal. They're going to have to trade him at some point because you can't just have him not playing. Yeah. So I, I do think he gets traded before the deadline. Which is when? On, uh, February at some point. Um, yeah, the trade deadline. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kyrie Irving plays more games this season though, because I think he's going to take the vaccine before then. Interesting. I would have gone Ben Simmons. I would have think he was going to, uh, the, the, the lack of payment is going to start to be an issue and he's probably going to just show up, put in small amounts of effort, mm, more, yeah. more than enough to not be thrown out of practice. But, but then will they start I, in the games though? Like, I think Kyrie's stubborn. I really don't think he's yeah. going to get it for quite a long time. Mm. I, say, I think, I, I think, I think it's, it's more likely that the Nets will be on their way to a title and he he wants he wants a ring and gets it mm. so that he can he can he can come in and get his ring. Yeah. That would that. be that would be my you can't, you can't throw away like chances to win a title like, are not around forever and Kyrie's got to And um, it is just such a waste of like same for Ben as well. Like, yeah. These two guys who are like within their peak, you know, Kyrie towards the end, Ben towards the beginning, but like Yeah. It's just, it's just mad to me to throw away like a whole professional yeah year of your career like you're not going to be able to play basketball forever I mean Kyrie seems very disinterested with basketball a lot of the time and interested in lots of other things but he was absolutely brilliant last year when he actually played Nick Coleman you are um, one of Ben Simmons hate Ben Simmons Ben Simmons is best friends from from high school in Australia (laughs) and you're you're out for pints with him and you sit him down 
and you have a word with them and you say, listen, mate, what do you say next? What's your You've also got to, to do the Australian accent. You don't have to do the Australian accent. You're an anglicised Aussie. <laughs> oh, mate, listen, if, we, if I need to do an Aussie accent, I can do it. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. Don't worry about it. But what, say, listen, what do mate, you... What ben do you o, st- good on you, mate. You know, <laughs> jobs are good and you've got to get your money, mate. What uh, do you say to Ben Simmons? You say you are... What, what's your advice to him for his career, for his, his life? Uh, well, first of all, um, he's... In terms of his dating life, I think he's doing very well. I was and, literally and I, just uh, going to say that. I think I think if we're looking at holistically Ben Simmons as a you know as a man, I think yeah. I think he's doing some things in his life exceptionally well. Multi so, multi millionaire. For those who don't know, he's he's with Maya Jama, who yeah, they still together. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. having been with like she's a very attractive woman. One of the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, anyway, he seems to be enjoying his life. A very attractive young lady. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I mean, you know, we've listened, we've all listened to uh, Jackie McMullen talking about him being a perfectionist. I, I sort of question her perspective that Ben Simmons could shoot whatever, like 35% from three if he started now. I mean, first of all, he's got to start shooting with the other hand. I'd yeah. say shoot with your right hand, shoot with, shoot with the hand that you, you write with. Um, yeah. Explain that. You've got to be... Explain that for the because because I still don't quite understand what people mean when they say that. <laughs> so there's a conspiracy that uh, started by one of our favorite <laughs> podcasters, Kevin O'Connor, that he's shooting with the wrong hand. He's always been shooting with the wrong hand. He signed. I think he writes with another hand. I think there's some other like egregious thing. I'm not sure that he shoots free throws with the other hand, but he's sort of been seen in in training. Uh, shooting with the other hand and the form looks better and his shot does look really ungainly like when he never looks confident in it and if you've ever tried shooting with your left hand I mean it's like you're using like a plastic flipper to shoot the ball you know just you have no touch or feel on it at all but also this I I think this kind of goes beyond like rumor I mean he obviously he dribbles with his right he'll pass with his right hand and he shoots left-handed like he is legitimately using his wrong hand and for I mean we obviously all attempt to play basketball with like shooting the ball is fucking difficult right i can't even imagine how yeah. it'd be the wrong hand and even i think so he just, just refuses to do it it just makes sense like if you're dribbling with the right and you always have to take it to the left to shoot that changes the rhythm of it whereas if you can bounce into the shot off the same side of your body it's mm. clearly much easier I, I think he's just got to start shooting i think he's got to say i don't care what percentage i shoot i know at this point that the shooting is is holding me back if i shoot 25 percent, i'm helping the team because i still start i'm actually shooting you know, and and I mean, get in with a shooting coach, get in with a like a mental coach. I th- all this stuff about you know his mental health is bad, and I kind of don't believe that. And I'm all for like trusting someone when they say their mental health is bad. But I think he's he's we might this part out. I think I think he's making I think he's making a bit of an excuse because he sort of has been called out on the way that he has played so far. He's very like. He's afraid to shoot. He made a really big error in the playoffs and not, not making a layup because he was afraid to shoot free throws. I think it's I think there's a difference between mental health and having the yips and mental health problems and having the yips in the sport. Well, there's a the theory that if yeah. he says that he's men- has mental health problems, yeah. that can count as an injury and therefore he's eligible to be paid for his salary. Yeah, that's also that's also part of it. Sticky territory, but yeah, I, it's, I it's that means I mean, yeah. he may have in his, in his defense, in his defense, he was thrown under the bus consistently by his star teammate, his coach, his organization, the fans are, you know, want his head. Mm. Um, I think, I think in that situation, it's, you know, regardless of his career and how much he gets paid, like it's going to be tough to work under those circumstances. And I do, mm. 
what should I'm, he what? I'm inclined to take it at face value because you know I think I think he deserves more of respect in that area. Um, he does what team do you yeah. think is the ideal landing spot for him if you're purely managing him for the you know long term next five years for his career? Hmm. Where should he be? Portland, hundred percent, straight up for CJ McCollum. It makes perfect sense. We've seen the Blazers time and time again. The Dame and CJ combination is not good enough. They need another playmaker to play with Dame. They need desperately need defense. Uh, and like the Dame and Ben Simmons combo is obviously just set up to work as a pick and roll combo. Like we've seen Steph and Draymond work so so consistently in the Warriors, and they can keep you know those lineups even when other stars are out of the team just afloat by the way they two play. And he's a great but, cutter. And, yeah, he's, and, just, and Dame's amazing shooting off the ball. So, yeah, and I, I just, yeah, right. I think, I think if you add, yeah, if if you have Ben like playing in the short role in that way, and also like, I mean, you can guard any position and just take some of the playmaking duties away from Dame. I, I really think that's just the perfect fit. And CJ is the kind of, you know, combo guard who can add scoring, add shooting, and space for MB that Philly would really need. Or Warriors, anyone? I mean, it's basically the same situation, Dame playing the Steph role. We've now got a roster of shooting. I think the the difference is that there's a big Draymond Green-sized uh, sort of obstacle in the way of him mm-hmm. because he would have a little bit less space. But at the same time, Steph is the biggest, you know, mag- gravity magnet in the NBA as he would mm-hmm. still have a lot of space. Uh, the Warriors struggle getting to the rim. If And at this point, you know, the trade would be such that we probably, I think the Warriors would only have to go up like Wiggins and some picks, for example. Mm. And I think they would, the Warriors would have a very good chance then. But I do think overall, Portland is probably a bit better because there'd be less expectations. The Warriors are going for a title. The P- Portland are probably looking for a sort of second round appearance mm. um, to kind of hold, like make par for this season. Also, just I, I can always believe in just smart players figuring it out. Like if you stick Draymond, Ben, Steph, you know, Clay together, like they all want Clay Lesser because he's always going to be moving, but he, you know, he's not trying to put pressure on the rim. They're all just such great passers, great movers, really intelligent basketball players that like you just kind of trust them to st- still create really good looks. Um, and they would just be, you know, Draymond and Ben would be the best defensive duo in the league. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think it's seamless and I feel like, I feel like it's a risk for the Warriors. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. Like, does it, does that put them over the edge this year? I'm not sure. Um, not to me, not to me. But that's and just my then, opinion on Simmons. And, and I think they'd have to give up. Like, I mean, the Warriors probably wouldn't want, want Philly. Probably wouldn't want Wiseman. It would maybe be Kaminga and Moody. But I mean, if, mm. if you're then saying, I, I think that the Warriors are kind of all in on this, still trying to win with Steph and having young young pieces. Mm. I don't yeah. know. I, I can't see it. Um, where else? I mean, Sacramento has been talked about. I feel like Halliburton and Buddy Hield. Does it financially gives Philly good guards, more shooting, but he gets to play for a proper team. But then it's play with Fox. Yeah. Keep, yeah, but Ben can obviously play the four. Um, and then they've got David Mitchell who can kind of they still have that other young guard if they lose Halliburton. I think he needs but to play with shooting I, I, though. I think you you've just traded away Sacramento's shooting. So you've traded away a lot of weapons for Ben. Like I would prefer to trade Fox and keep you know have Ben as the main piece. Because I don't know at this point. Fox and, and Simmons, I would think they're probably mm. on a similar trajectory. So if you just change one star for another, but give give Simmons the weapons, I would do that personally. But really, it's off. 
It's tricky. I do think Ben's better than Fox at the moment, but I feel like the trajectory is slightly different in that I do think Fox has just been in a bad situation. I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to even think of other options. Oh, the Spurs, like they just, I don't know, they have no, they have no core piece that you feel amazing about. They have a lot of guys who are going to be the fourth or best, fourth or fifth best player on the team, ideally. What, why yeah. wouldn't you take a pit? Why wouldn't you take a run at, a run at Ben? And they could give up, I guess, Derek White and maybe one of the wings. Mm. And, and the, the, yeah. so that really works because the Sixers get some shooting that they need to surround Embiid. Yeah. They can really go full like Embiid ball, and yeah. I think that would that would be good. Yeah. Obviously, the Spurs don't. I think I don't think they would want to do that. I mean, they've got ironically that when we were talking about the best places for him to land, they've got that guy Chip England, who's supposed to be the best shooting coach in the league, who like turned Kawhi into a forty percent three point shooter. You know, mm. it's. Um, it would be a really good place for him, and and I don't, I don't think they trade Kelvin Johnson, but they've got a few good shooters. Only anyone but him, yeah. Well, Dejounte Murray probably not either, but yeah. Only Walker. It'd be interesting. I, I I yeah. I think the I think we landed on the the best one first. Though, the Blazers yeah, are agree. really the one. So both of you, what are you most excited to watch this season? JB, I'll start with you. Um. You know what? For me, I think there's just more teams this year where you're like they feel a little bit newer and a bit fresher and you feel a little bit excited about what's going on there. Um, I feel like you've obviously got, got the big team, but like the Hawks are still fairly new and young, the Hornets, um, the Bulls, especially. Uh, I mean, I'm really enjoying watching the Cavs because I still obviously love mm. the Cavs from when the was there. And then in, in the West, like, I mean, for me, Carl Anthony Towns is one of my favorite players and like the Timberwolves kind of improving. Basically, I just think like the, the second and third tiers of the league is kind of, is, is kind of getting a bit better and like re- really, really exciting. I just think there's a lot of teams that I would be quite intrigued in watching this year. JB, um, like like me as a socialist, he likes to see the middle, you know, <laughs> social mobility in the NBA. So we, we've got to love, we've got to love that. I, I agree. I think that the middle class has got stronger. Definitely yeah. agree on the Cavs. I mean, we, we were talking about it in our, in our chat, but the big Cavs lineup with Jarrett Allen, Mobley and Markman. I mean, mm. Debatably, it's really they're, fun, all, isn't it? they're all fives in, yeah. in the NBA. So they're basically yeah. playing three centres. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I love it. What we've seen, I mean, JP was very high on Mobley uh, coming into the season and he's been absolutely unbelievable. Apparently he's got the most shot contests of any, this is a very nerdy stat. I think he's got like 72 shot contests through the first mm. three games, first four games. So people are saying he's going to be, you know... Is, is that the most in the league or the most by a rookie or what? I think the... it's the most by a rookie in right. the... But I think it's up there with the most in the league as well. He's yeah. been. But you so, you so rarely see a rookie come in. Like I guess AD would have been the last one who came in, and like even though you know they're going to be a defender, really like impact the game on that end, and like he just does straight away as well as like mm. being good passer and everything. I just think that's really good. Um, I'm going to go with a, a more mainstream take. Uh, obviously, I mean I support the Warriors, and I'm very excited to, to watch them. But the Lakers are the most fun team. And you know, JB's a Lakers fan. Uh, I think it's absolute. Oh, it's it's fun from a neutral perspective or from a yeah. hater's perspective. You know, I think it's I think it's hilarious watching the Westbrook Lebron AD fit is so clunky and weird. I mean, I actually okay. think it is fun because I think it's one of those things where Lebron is probably the smartest basketball player ever. If anyone can figure it out, he can. But can he? This is like sort of giving. Yeah. Like You've a, got to give him some help to be able to figure it out. Though. Yeah, it's like a chess master playing against the supercomputer. You know, it's like yeah. he, can he make Russ <laughs> fit? Because Russ is. He played a game last night 
the Lakers played a game last night without LeBron. And Russ had his usual 33, 10 and 8, you know, like ridiculous numbers, apparently mm. low turnovers as well, like a really good Russ yeah, game. Yeah, only three for Russ, which is amazing. But, you know, as a as a third option, he he takes away so much from LeBron and AD. Like, yeah. he, as a third option, he's worse than Caruso, who who they traded to get him. hundred percent. That's the thing. Like, like if if you if if you took away Russ on the ball and made him an off ball player, he wouldn't be in the NBA. But then you stick <laughs> him on the you stick him on the board, like ranked all the players. If you just had if you just had one player plus you know us three and someone else, Russ would be very hard on the li- list because he can kind of do everything to a decent standard, but he cannot play with another superstar. Mm. And there's my, uh, my fear thought, is actually the you know the Lakers are optimized when LeBron has the ball because LeBron is much better than Russ. But because LeBron can shoot, he's now taking he's now taking ten a game. To be fair, he's made a lot of them in his first three games. But like, why are you why are you reducing LeBron to taking ten threes a game? It's just silly. That's LeBron Corver. That's his you know that's what his yeah. role is going to be. <laughs> and he, and I, he's got I, it's even like three free throws a game. It's just it's it's not yeah. viable long term. I was I was listening to Zach Lowe, JB's. Uh, favorite podcast host mm. and he was talking about uh russell Westbrook's screens per season and his record in the season so screens basically the pick and roll in basketball is the most popular like form of attack it's and just how you create a mismatch from how you create a mismatch <laughs> and uh the screen is part of that that's that's the pick uh, russell westbrook's <laughs> record for uh for picks in the season for screens in the season is seven now, oh, I no, think no, 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 that, that's in one game. That's in one game. Oh, in one game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I, think, I, I, think he had seven, I think he had 71 in one year, which is the most, which is right. still one a game. It's, because basically yeah. off the ball, he just doesn't do anything. But like, yeah. the Lakers just need him to. And um, LeBron, LeBron teams don't really run the sort of like motion offenses where screening is a part of the thing. You know, he, so it's really going to be an adaptation for both of them, both mm-hmm. of which are, you know, superstar players. We were talking about Russell Russell Westbrook on the short roll is a nice thing to have for the Lakers if they mm. can make that work. I yeah. think that could that could be really good for them. So I'm looking to see how that develops through the season. How annoyed LeBron gets with Russ if he tries to get <laughs> traded, yeah. brings in the brings in Russ, the Russ, Russ will tell him to fuck off. Like he's yeah. one of the few, few players in the league <laughs> yeah. that will just who will who will bite back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will Adele like, write a song about Russ? Why did they the trade Paul's for him? Be talking about this. You know what? What I really want to know, like, I guess everyone has these like questions that you want to ask, like, as know, like famous people, sportsmen, or whatever. Like, I would just love to ask Russ, like, do you think you're the best player in the world? Like, do you think like, he's on the Lakers now? I'd be like, Russ, do you think? Do you know that LeBron and AD are better than you? Like, I, I want to know. I want to hear him answer that question. <laughs> I know he wouldn't yes. do it sensibly, but like. It's just because I just don't, I don't think he does. I think he still thinks he's the best player in the world and he's just not like. How would you coach him? What would you say to him? (laughs) I'd trade him. That'd be how I'd coach him. I don't know why they did that trade. I really, I just can't. It was very strange. Very strange. It was like an, it was an LA trade. I don't think it was even a LeBron trade. I think it was just like, all the stars in LA, yeah. it's going to work because of pure like fame. And in in theory, I think it's to try and save LeBron to be his best in the playoffs because he's getting old. You know, he's mm. 37 in December. And then you, you have someone who can carry the offensive load and the playmaking during the regular season in Russ. Um, he has looked a bit old in the, the start of the season. Not, he's yeah, played yeah, amazingly, but, but he's yeah. looked a bit old. No, I mean, um, yeah, obviously he is. He's still getting back to fitness, doesn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think I think with Russ, like we, I think we will work out and be be a decent regular season team. But I, th- I think we're we're pretty limited when it gets to the playoffs now. Because I just I just can't see the peak. 
Interesting. Have we got um have we got a few questions for us, Jack? Um no, they kind we, of all kind came of up. They kind of all came up. I think we should I think we should Are I we gonna talk about Perkins? I think we should save Perkins. I do. I okay. think it should be the end of. So, so I, I think that was a very decent introduction to what we're excited to see for the season. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing these at least once a week for sure. Um, we will come more prepared next time. We promise. <laughs> and it will eventually morph into a structure where I think we're thinking the first half is going to be a discussion of basketball from our perspective and and almost a guide to for British fans trying to get into it. Um, and then the second half will just be current affairs, shit chat, reacting to it. Um, Jake fantasizing about Stephen Curry. Uh, yeah. Jake. Does, it, does help me, it does help me go to sleep when I know I've got Steph highlights to watch the next morning. I've got to say, it does really. It's sort of like a... Like a sleeping <laughs> pill. <laughs> I think um, we go through a whole podcast and Jake not mention Jordan Poole. Oh my I know, God. it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, I'll we have to we make some improved predictions. Well, you've, got, yeah. you've, got, you've got two minutes 19 on our free Zoom record. <laughs> you've, got, you've got the floor with Jordan Poole. Don't tell the listeners that we... Well, we, are, we, only, we, only we will be, well if we can get a good ad sponsorship, <laughs> we will be upgrading. We'll, be upgrading. <laughs> <laughs> well we, we, we only briefly talked about MVP. And uh, I think, you know, Jordan Poole is, uh, he's one of those fringe MVP candidates in the pre-season, <laughs> at the pre-season, uh, at the pre points per minute. Um, he's electric off the dribble now. People, yeah. people don't really realise that he's, he's kind of got Steph's um, off-ball movement because he's been watching Steph and he's been learning from the from the Steph school but then he and he's got the three he's got the kind of off-balance three he's got ridiculous confidence he can get to the rim I mean yeah there's not much he can't do he tried to dump on LeBron in the playing game last year <laughs> couldn't do it but I think with the summer's development people yeah. say he's been in the gym he's been on point over the summer he's been on point <laughs> He's, he's done boring, but he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's one of those guys that gets the new season and the coach goes, yeah, he's added 20 pounds of muscle, which yeah. is, <laughs> lead everyone muscle. in the NBA lead has at muscle. some point added 20 pounds <laughs> yeah. of muscle. muscle. So yeah, so Jack, Jack and Jake both went for Jordan Poole as most improved player and I went for OG Anobi, who I think I was just trying to be too clever because no, plays OG's nicely. Good. I just don't think he's going to, I just don't think he's going to up his scoring enough, but I just really rate him as a player. Mm. Well, gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our, our Zoom record. Um, if anyone wants to sponsor us and we can we can use the money to get a, a, a premium subscription, that would be much appreciated. Jake and we've JB. Few, we've got we've got a few sponsors that are linked for us next week, which I'll be re- doing some ad reads. We'll be doing some ad reads. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will see both of you next week. Yeah. See okay, you guys. See you again. Bye.